All right, let's go ahead and get our Bibles out and let's turn to Matthew 6. And uh, let's start, we'll start by just uh, reading the passage here in Matthew and, and jumping into the, into the text. Uh, so let's stand in the honor of reading God's word. Matthew chapter 6, down in verse 9. Read 9 through 13. And we'll devote ourselves to obedience to it. Coming from Exodus 19. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 9. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. All the people answered together and said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. All right, you may be seated. So we're, we're walking through the Lord's Prayer. We're continuing to, to do that, looking at this Final request uh, of the Lord here, asking God to deliver us from evil, as which as we've sung uh, even today is not a new thing to ask of the Lord. It's something that the people have been asking God to do and counting on God to do uh, all the way back in the Psalms. Of course, we looked all the way back to, to Abraham. Uh, and the temptation that we've talked about is in this final request is almost to be scared by the idea of us having to be delivered from evil. And, and we have seen that on the surface... Uh, it would be scary. We should be afraid. You know, if we were alone, if we if we just read, you know, when we went through all that the evil one wants to do to believers and all that he sends his evil minions to do and all that the evil world is sent to do against believers, if that were just all that we had, this would be a scary thing. This would be a, a scary uh, request that we're waging war against a world both seen and unseen. That's That would be frightening. Uh, but... Uh, as we've also seen, we are not afraid. Why? Because God will deliver us from evil. So the Christian we are in, this is often what we call spiritual warfare. The Christian is in this spiritual warfare. If you're a Christian, you are in this war. It's not a Christian sometimes takes part in spiritual warfare. The Christian is in a spiritual war. We're all, we're all part of it. If you're in Christ's care, if you are Christ's, uh, then you are uh, in the devil's crosshairs. Just, just a matter of reality. You are in this war. The evil one is out to get you. He hates you and he, he sends his, his minions against you. But again, we're not afraid. Why? Because God will deliver his people. Like Zachary prayed, like we saw, God has always delivered his people. He always has. Uh, we're also not afraid because God has already delivered us from evil uh, in the cross of Christ. That we've already been delivered from evil. The victory's already been won for us. We already know we're not going to lose. But we've also seen that that battle against evil, our spiritual warfare, this deliverance from evil continues. It advances. So, so God doesn't just sort of let us keep bat battling this residual battle against evil. He's like, hey, don't worry. I took, I took part of it. I, 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 took, uh, I took care of it in the cross. Now you're just going to have to sort of deal with this on your own. He continues to deliver his people from evil, continues to advance our deliverance from evil. We, see, we saw that creationally. We saw it personally. And that's kind of what we've been looking at now for the last few weeks is, is our battles uh, against evil, our dealing with life in a fallen world and fighting against fallen uh, beings. And so that personal battle of evil, that, that spiritual warfare is what we've been looking at. Because if the evil one and his evil ones are, are out to get you, uh, we want to make sure that you know what you need to know and that you are prepared for that battle. We want to make sure that if the evil one is out to get you, he's not going to do it 
with Zachary and I standing in front of you every time, right? He's not going to, the battle's not going to take place normally here in this environment. It's going to take place when you're alone. It's going to take place when you're down. It's going to take place when you're struggling or something's gone on. We want to make sure you know how to deal and what you can know to be true in those spiritual battles when the evil one does come against you. And so we've been looking at, well, what can we do? What should we do to, to be prepared? Well, the first thing we should do, like we talked about, the very first step, we'll talk about it again in, in a few weeks, the very first step is, of course, to pray. Father, deliver us from evil. And to pray that all the time. To pray that every time you pray. To realize that the spiritual war you're in is ongoing. Even if you don't feel like you're in a spiritual battle, to realize you're in the spiritual war. And so you should always pray, Father, deliver us from evil. Not just when you can see the evil, not just when you're in the midst of the evil, but all the time. It should be a constant part of your prayer, as Jesus modeled here. So the first step you're going to do in in preparing uh, for battle is, is pray, Father, deliver us from evil. But sometimes, uh, not all uh, deliverance from evil, not every time God answers that prayer, uh, not all deliverance is evacuation, right? Not every deliverance from evil is just sort of getting you out of the situation. Not every deliverance from evil is that helicopter out of Saigon. That's not always what it's going to be when God delivers us from evil. So sometimes God's delivering us from the evil that's coming against us is him equipping us for the war, equipping us for the battle, not just getting us out of the battle, but equipping us for it, uh, 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 equipping us for a war that we could not and would not have waged on our own. And that's what we've been looking at. If God delivers his people by preparing them for the fight, then what does that look like? What does that preparation from the Lord look like? How is God preparing us for spiritual war? How is he preparing us to battle, right? Because he doesn't say put on the armor of God and then good news, here comes the balloon to rescue you. Uh, and the armor was just ornamental. Congratulations, you didn't even have to use it. Uh, if he's preparing us for war, what does that preparation, uh, what does that preparation look like? If, if sometimes God's deliverance is not evacuation, but equipping, what have we been equipped with? And typically what we want to do in spiritual wars, we want to talk about our actions. Well, this is what you do in spiritual war. You do this and you do this and you do this and you do this. But we've begun not with our actions, but with attitudes, with, with things, not things that we should do, but things we need to know, right? So, so what do we need to know? So when it comes to spiritual warfare, when it comes to the fight and you're praying for God to deliver you, what do you need to know to be true? So, so evil's waging this war uh, against you uh, before we get into the fight, or even while we're in the fight, there are certain things that we need to know to be true, right? There are certain things we need to hold firmly in our heads and in our hearts if our actions are going to be done right. We've got to, we've got to get our head knowledge, our heart knowledge right. We've got to understand these, these foundations of the battle if we're going to wage war rightly. So the, we need to have these truths sort of firmly, firmly set. You could say it's, it's, these are ways to view the battle rather than ways to fight the battle. Okay, the Bible's going to tell us how to fight. And we'll look at those in, in, in a couple of weeks. We're going to look at the Bible telling you, all right, so we, this is what you need to know. All right, and this is how you need to fight. This is because the fight's going to happen. It's not just, if you, it's not just, a, yeah, G.I. Joe's right. Like knowing is half the battle, right? But it's not all the battle. And so we're going to look at knowing and then we're going to get into fighting. But what do we need to know? What sort of things do we need to know to be true? Just as it's important to know what to do, it's important to know how to think. It's of equal importance. 
Uh, the Bible tells us uh, as much of how to think about the fight as it does what to do in the fight. And so that's what we're looking at. What thoughts, what reassurances, what foundations do we need to have? So the last several weeks, we've been looking at things you've got to get in your arsenal, so to speak, for spiritual war. Things you've got to get locked in in your mind or your actions will falter. They will fail. Uh, or you won't even pick up your, your weapons at all because you'll be so distressed. You'll be so afraid. So what sort of things have we seen that the Bible has told us, told us, hey, know these things to be true. Know this to be true. Before it's ever gotten into, okay, this is how you fight the evil one and this is how you handle spiritual warfare. What do you need to know? The first thing it told us was that God was guarding us. The first thing we were made aware of is, hey, God is guarding you. He's, he's, he's guarding you. He's limiting your enemy. He's sending angels to protect you. So, that, that, so guard, God is, is guarding you. You've got no reason to be afraid. But not only do we have no reason to be afraid, the Bible also said we have every reason instead to rejoice. That you can actually rejoice in the battle. So you're going into spiritual war. What do you need to know? I don't need, I don't need to be afraid. Why? God is guarding me. He's limiting the enemy. The enemy can't just do to me whatever it wants to do. It's limited by my Lord. He sent his angels to protect me. Like all these things. I'm, I'm, I don't need to be afraid. But not only do I not need to be afraid, I can actually rejoice. And so we looked at how the Bible tells us that we can rejoice in our sufferings. We can rejoice in these battles. Why? Because our battles are showing that we are Christ's. The battle against evil shows that we are Christ's and we're fighting evil because we no longer belong to the evil one. And that's something to rejoice in. That's why, that's why you're fighting, because you are Christ's. That's why the world hates you, because you're not theirs anymore. And last week we added that. We added that uh, the, the reality of what you'll go through in the fight, that this is not, uh, this is not a, a fake war. That there will be real, real, these battles are not fake, they are real, and the consequences of the battles are real. This spiritual warfare is not just a metaphor for struggling. It's not just a metaphor for a difficulty in life. It's real spiritual war. Not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and power, against against the unseen realm, right? That's who we're really fighting. It's a very real war. It's going to have very real consequences and some very real casualties. And that means very real sorrow. So I wanted to make sure, we want to make sure last week that you understood when you're going through this war and you get sad and things happen and, 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 and you see the effects of this fallen world on you, how do you handle that? Uh, and, and we saw that, because that, uh, typically people are like, oh, just don't talk about, don't talk about sorrow. But we need to be aware. Sorrow is going to come with the war. I mean, Satan, Satan can take your possessions. Satan, Satan can take your health. He, could, he can take your children. He can take your life. Those things can happen in this cosmic fight, and we need to know how to handle that sorrow. We saw that there are two dangers. You either think that the sorrow isn't real, and everyone to just tell you, chin up, buttercup, and you just smile as if the sorrow is not real, or to think that the sorrow is the whole story, and you go around just saying, call me Mara. Just call me Mara, Right? I'm Naomi no more. Both of those things rob God. Both are untrue. And they both rob God. They rob God in your spiritual battles. Now, your, your, your sadness, your sorrow, they are real. But they are not everything. They are not nothing. But they are not everything. So we need to know how to handle sorrow uh, while still hanging on to joy. So those are just a, a, a few truths that we saw. I wanted to make sure we didn't just 
quickly pass over those because you're going to need those in every fight. You're going to need to know those, not just when you're in the sorrow, but in preparation for sorrow. For preparation for the casualties of war that you might experience and the consequences of your own failures in those wars and whatnot, to know how to deal with sorrow. But we've got a few more truths. We've got a few more things to to store in our mental bank, some more mental reps, some mental uh, equipment to wield in preparation for or in midst uh, of the fight. So what are some other truths? We'll just get with one today. What are some other truths that we need to keep as, as foundations to build our actions on top of? And that's what we're doing if we're going to, uh, again, oftentimes we want to run and start doing in the spiritual warfare. We want to start battling. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, Leroy Jenkins, just sort of run out and take out everybody. But uh, we need to know the right things. You need to have the right foundation. And that's what these truths are doing. They're setting, they're setting these things so that you are able to fight rightly and able to fight till the end. Uh, so what do we need to know? Uh, this next passage, turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to go back to 1 Peter. We're going to go back to this passage in 1 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 3. Uh, we're going to get another good thing from this about suffering and battling and uh, spiritual warfare. Uh, we'll read verses 3 through 9 again, just get the whole thing. Uh, and then we'll, we'll focus on one particular verse and pull out something we haven't looked at yet from this passage. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you've not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So just from this, we've pulled a couple of things from this passage already. From this passage, we saw that we're being guarded. We uh, uh, saw that all the way back in verse 5. We who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So we've, we've seen this thing. We've, we've been guarded. We're able to rejoice. Uh, we see that verse 6, in this, in this what you're being guarded by, in this battle, you're able to rejoice. You're rejoicing in this being guarded. But we get some more insights in the battle themselves that can be helpful. Uh, so we've been looking at sort of how to think, uh, to know about, you know, sort of outside the battle, right? Uh, you know, but before the battle comes, you know, God is guarding you. Hey, rejoice when the, you know, make sure you're, you're filled with joy at even thinking about the battle. But now we're going to see some truths about the battles themselves. Things you need to be aware of about the particular battles that you will face so that you can face them well. And one thing we're going to learn today, uh, we're going to find in verse 6, uh, the first thing we're going to learn about about the battle, and, and again, I hope I hope these are uh, these are these are helpful. I've seen some of these uh, struggles uh, and, and struggling with these realities enough just in my own uh, time, sort of uh, in our in our own con- congregation, that I know these specific truths are helpful at times because I've told some of you these truths at times. Uh, so the first thing we need to learn is that the battles are temporary. Okay, today we're going to learn. That the battles are temporary. So, what, so when you're facing spiritual battles, 
When you're facing a particular test, a particular trial, a particular fight, know that that battle is temporary. Look at verse 6. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials. So the, so the trials that are grieving us, these trials are, it says, but a little while. Uh, we said last week that your, the, your sorrow is not your story, that it's, it's not your song. Again, it, it can be part of your song. Sometimes it can even feel like the, the, the stanza that's sung at crescendo uh, in your song right now. Uh, but it's not the whole of your song. And, and, but that's not just true for sorrow. It's true for the battle itself, the battle that's bringing the sorrow. The battle itself is temporary. Because look at what it says. How does God refer to the length of time of your trials? In this you rejoice, though now for a little while. A little while. Now, you know me. Sometimes I think translations are, are guilty of saying things the way, the, the way they shouldn't or of not saying things the way they should. Uh, but, but this, here in this passage, I think it's spot on because the emphasis God's using in, in this verse 6 is to focus on the littleness of how long the battle will last. And it does so by placing two words right next to each other, little and now. Little and now. Both of those words are emphasizing the temporary nature of what you are going through. If we were to read this uh, in the Greek, uh, you you would read the passage like, this, I mean, if you're reading it, this would be called woodenly in the Greek. It says this, in this you rejoice, little now, if necessary, you've been grieved. Little now. Uh, both of those words remind us, again, of the transitory nature of our battle. So when we, when we, uh, when, when we think about the temporary nature of our battles, this is, this is what we need to see. The first thing we need to see about the temporary nature of our battles is your battles are little, not long. The battle will be little, not long. Uh, again, the word there is little. It's a word that can mean small or few. Uh, Jesus uses this word in Matthew 9 when he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are what? Few, right? The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Same word. But, but here, though, the, the word's not to imply that we don't have a lot of battles. It's not, the way it's phrased here is not saying, hey, your, your, your battles are few. Although I could make an argument that is, that is probably going to be true uh, of us. Here, the focus is on the limited nature of the battles. Not the limited number of the battles, but the limited nature of the battles. Our battles, the particular battles, the particular trials, the particular struggle that you are in is only going to last for a little. The fights you are in, the spiritual fights you will be in will be little fights. The battles that you wage will be limited to a little amount of time. Now, again, this, this is not talking about scale. This is not talking about scale. This is a matter of length. You can have very big battles in a short amount of time. And some of you know that you've walked into a battle in your home and it's gone nuclear real quick. Uh, and it was a short amount of time. It wasn't a long, drawn-out battle. It was a short battle, but it was a big one. Uh, you know that, that, that sometimes big battles can happen in a little amount of time. But, but here, Peter's point here, his hope here, 
is that the battles you go through are going to be little in length. They are going to be little, not long. Now, why do we need to know that? Why is it important for us to remember that our battles are little? It is for a little while. Why did God use this word for, for little here, for few, for small? Why did he use that? Is he trying to, is he, is he trying to like gaslight us where we're like, you know, it's just little. Oh, is it really just little? Oh yeah, trust me, it's little, it's little. Why is he saying that? Because it reminds us that in the end, the end is not that far away. The end of this particular battle that you're fighting is not a long way away. And if we can remember that, in the midst of the fight, if we, can, if we can get the finish line fixed in our heads and know that even if we can't see the finish line, that God has told us that the finish line for this fight is but a little ways away, then we can keep enduring. If we remember that every fight, every trial, every battle will last but a little while, then we can keep battling. We're able to keep fighting that particular fight. If it seems... If, if something seems like it's never going to end, like this battle is never going to be over, then we'll be tempted to just quit. To just quit, because quitting is easier than fighting, because we are foolish, right? We think that quitting and the consequences with that would be better than the consequences of keep fighting for the Lord's glory. To think, I'll just go ahead and lose this fight just to end it. I'm just tired of it. You don't think that's a real struggle? I've, I've seen Christians do this in their marriage. I've seen Christians say things like, well, I know, I know that divorce would be wrong, but I just want this to end. And I'm not sure it ever is going to end. So why not just go ahead and I'll just lose this fight because I'm tired of fighting. I mean, God will forgive me anyway, right? So I'm just going to end this fight instead of keep on fighting because I may be fighting this fight for a long, for a long time. Because the end is not in sight, because they didn't recognize that every battle is but for a little while, because they couldn't be assured of the little while in every fight, then they quit. And sometimes we quit in the most important of fights. And sometimes that's the first fight that we quit in is the most important of fights. Whatever fight that you are in, even fights that grieve you, will be fights that you will only be in for a little while. That particular battle is only happening for a little while. Remember that. Remember that. Whether again, whether you're anticipating a fight, if you're anticipating the fight, don't anticipate a forever fight. Because if you anticipate a fight that's going to last forever, you're either going to not, not fight at all, right? You're not going to get into that spiritual battle at all. You're just going to let whatever happens, happens. Or you're going to get in it and you're going to quit. You're going to fight for a little bit and then you're going to give up. Because it's just going to take so long. It's going to take so long. This fight is... So, so if you're in this fight, realize this fight is just going to be for a little while. This battle I'm in is just for a little while. So wage the war well. Don't give in. Don't quit. Don't give up in the spiritual battle because you know this particular battle is only going to last for a little while. It is temporary. So part of God's delivering you from evil is him telling you, reminding you that the fight is but for a little. 
The battles you are in are little, not long. So the battle you will face is going to be a little battle, not a long one. So that's the first thing you need when you recognize that the battle is, the battles are temporary. When you go into a battle, when you're thrown into a battle, or when you walk into one sometimes, uh, yourself, foolishly, and you walk into it and you go, well, look what I walked into. I can either keep walking or I can start battling for the Lord's glory. Uh, either way, you need to recognize this battle is but a little while. And if it's but a little while, then I can endure. I can remain faithful. Can you remain faithful for a little while? If I were to ask you that, you would say, oh, surely. I mean, can you remain, could you be faithful to God and fight a spiritual fight just for a little while? Well, yeah, yeah, surely I could. Well, good news. God tells you that every one of your battles are but for a little while. Your battling is but for a little while. Remember that, and that will help you to be delivered from evil so you don't give in to some sort of morose, morbid sort of just defeatism. So battles are little, not long. The second thing we see about the temporary nature of battles found in verse 6 is that we need to understand that our battles are now, not always. He says, remember he says that, that, that you, you rejoice in this if for a little now. Little and now are stacked right next to each other. Little now. Little and now. And they both describe our battle. Again, this, those two, in this you rejoice, though, though little now. So we looked at what it means that the fight is little. It's little, not long. But not only is it little in length, we've got to understand that the fight is just now. This isn't the fight always. This is just the fight you are in now. Again, this is building on the the. the the transitory nature of the, the fights that we are in. Uh, this goes back to recognizing that the, the, the sorrow is not our song. The fight is the, the, the same way. The battle that you are in is just the battle you are in right now. This, you don't take the battle you're in right now and turn now into always. If you turn now into, if you turn little into long, you'll, you will lack endurance and you will be willing to give up. Because I don't know how long this is going to last. This could last for, this could last a long time. Now it's going to last, last a little. You know it's going to last a little because God promises that. Then you know I will keep fighting because every battle is just going to last a little. If I know, if I turn the now into always, then the same thing is going to happen. I'm going to be willing to give up because I'm always going to be fighting this battle. This is always what is going to happen. Instead of recognizing, no, this is just the battle you are in right now. So, so, so don't take the battle that God says is now and make it a battle that you'll be in for always. Because God, God doesn't even say for a little always, uh, if necessary, you're grieved by various trials. Uh, he doesn't say that. He says, if for a little right now, you are grieved by these trials. Christian, the, the battle you are in today is not the battle that you will be in every day. It's just the battle you are in today. Don't, don't, you know, don't worry about tomorrow. Today has enough worry of its own, right? And today is the battle that you are in. Don't extend this battle from today into every day. If you do, then you will become discouraged. If you do, you will not be trusting the word of God about your battles. Because God says this is just a battle for the now. Right now, right now you may be in a hard season. And you're in a hard season and, and Satan is whispering discouragement in your ear. If you don't realize that you're just in the now, 
that this is just the right now. If you don't realize that and instead you turn the right now into always, then you can be tempted to be overwhelmed by what you're dealing with. And Satan's discouragement can become very convincing and you become discouraged and you give in. I mean, Satan even doesn't want you always to give up. He just wants you to give in. He doesn't want you to quit. You quitting is not Satan's goal. If Satan can get you to quit, then he's only taking you out. But if he can just give you, get you to give up, sometimes he just wants you to be discontent and think that the now that you're in is the always and you're looking at the now and going, oh, this is the worst and you become discouraged. He just wants you discontent so that he can rain on your parade and you can rain on someone else. You can rain on your husband's parade. Then he gets the bride and the groom and he gets you to do the whispering for him. Sometimes his goal is just to get you discontent and get you whispering your discouragement to others, using you to sow the seeds of discontentment to new ears. Why? All because why? Because you turned your now into your always. If you were to look at what you were going through and go, this is hard, but it's just for right now, I guarantee you just saying those words out loud will do a great effect. But if you start to turn the now into the always, you will become very discouraged. And typically what happens is discouragement loves company. And not only will you be discouraged, it'll spread throughout your home, it'll spread throughout your life, whatever you're going through. If you're discouraged by the particular battle that you are in, then Satan Satan has won because you've turned the now into, uh, into the always. Remember that seasons are just that, seasons. They're seasons. That's not your environment. It's not your climate. It's just a season that you are in. It's funny, I think, of, I think of kids and I think of, of I mean, we, just because, I mean, we're, I don't know if you know this, we have kids in the church. Uh, and it's funny with parents, as parents, man, we think that kids age so fast, unless those kids are making us pull our hair out. And then, and then you imagine life as if the next 20 years of your life are going to be the toddler years, Right. It's like kids age so fast, but when they're getting on your nerves uh, and making life hard, you turn that, this moment that you would otherwise say, man, they grow so fast, you turn that into what your life is going to be like. Don't, and we do that with all our battles. But the, the, the point is, don't eternalize your current battle. If you eternalize the battle that you are in right now, If you eternalize the struggle in your marriage, if you eternalize the personal struggle that you are going through, if you make the battle you're in right now and you turn it into the battle that you will always be in, then you will get discouraged and you might pick up the sword for a little while, but after a bit, your knees will grow weak, your your arms will tremble and you'll put it down because this is just how it's always going to be. This is always how it's going to be. So I just give up. You might fight for a little, but you won't fight for always. And that happens when you forget that the battle you're in is just a battle right now. So, so, so don't turn, don't turn the, the season you're in into the life you're going to have. Don't turn the place you're in into the place you'll always be. Don't turn your today into every day. Don't turn your right now into always. So when you're grieved by trials, one of the things we must remember is that this battle that I'm going through, this spiritual warfare is a battle for right now. This is just what I am in right now. Don't look ahead. And if you do look ahead, you've got glasses that should color how you look ahead. You want to look ahead? What can you look ahead and know? I can look ahead as long as I remember God said it's for a little. 
I can look ahead as long as I remember that God said this is just for right now. If you want to look ahead through the lenses of the Lord, then fine. But if you start trying to prognosticate and you start trying to be prescient about your problems, all of a sudden, and you're not using the Lord's lenses, all of a sudden it's going to color wrong and you're just going to give up very early in the fight. Earlier than you would have ever admitted that you'd, you'd give up. Are you ever going to give up? No, no, no. But you start looking at your problem the wrong way. You start looking at the future of your problem the right, wrong way. You don't see the battle that you're in as temporary, then you will be tempted to not endure to the end. To the end of a battle that was just going to be for a little while. To the end of a battle that was just right now. Not always. The last point about the transitory nature of our battle is also going to come from Peter. It's come from a different section here. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5, it's where uh, he talks about this battle being for a little while again. Talks about it again in chapter 5. Uh, goes, go down in verse 10. We're going to see that the battle is temporary. The victory is not. Okay? So the battle is temporary. The victory. We've seen the battle little and now. The temporary, long and always, right? The battle is temporary. The victory is not. So, so Peter, again, he talks about the little, little nature of our battles, of our sufferings. Uh, but this time, the, the focus isn't going to be on the suffering, but on the outcome of the suffering. And, and again, we'll talk about this passage more when we do get into the actions, uh, because this passage is going to be pretty important. But it, it's useful here too. First Peter 5.10 and after you have suffered a little while, there it is again, there, after you've suffered a little, the God of all grace has called you to his eternal glory in Christ. He will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. The suffering, the battle, is for a little. The glory is forever. And it's going to come by the hand of God. The, God. the same God who's guarding you, the same God who's going to bring you uh, through this is the God who will pull you up out of the pits of suffering. Why? He's going to pull you out of, because that's not what he's called you to. He, God has not called you to the pits of suffering. He has called you not to defeat. He's called you to glory and he will get you there. And since God has called you to glory, you can be certain that since he's called you to glory, he'll get you to glory. Look at, look at how he describes the, the glory. It is his glory and it is eternal glory. That's where God is getting you. That's, that's, you want to know what comes after the little? That's what comes. The battle is temporary. The victory is not. The battles are little. They are right now. The glory is forever. It, the glory that God is calling you to, the victory that God is calling you to, is as eternal as he is. Your victory will pass away when your God passes away. Meaning never. And it's yours, right? It's yours. He's, he's calling you to his eternal glory in Christ. And he'll restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. It's yours. Why? Because you are Christ's. The same thing that got you into the war, the same thing that made the evil hate you, the same thing that brought evil to your doorstep and made you, of all people, have to battle not against flesh and blood, which you're already not good at, to battle not against flesh and blood, but now you've got to battle spiritual forces and powers and all these things. Why do you have to do that? You have to do, you're in this fight because you are Christ's. 
But guess what? Before you, you're disappointed and you disparage the situation that you're in, you can look and say, yes, I'm in this fight because I'm Christ, but this fight, this battle that I'm in because I'm trying to live for Christ, this battle that I'm facing because I'm wanting to live for God's glory and Satan hates it, and so he wants to bring down my marriage. He wants to make me not happy about the kids that I have. He wants to dull the arrows so I don't send them out well into the world. The, the, the God who's doing all that, the evil one is bringing all that against you because you are Christ's. The same thing got you into the battle These battles that you're fighting, those battles are little. Those battles are just right now. But the same thing that got you into the battle, being Christ, is the same thing that brings you the victory. Because because you are Christ, God has called you to his eternal glory in Christ. That's why you can be sure he will restore you. He will confirm you. He will strengthen you. He will establish you. Because you are Christ's. So take heart. Take heart. The battle is here because you are Christ's, but so is the victory. So is the victory. And the battle is little. It's just for a little while. The battle is just right now. Your victory is forever. Your victory is always. The battles will be short. Therefore, the right now, the glory, the victory will be for always. So when we're thinking about the battles that we fight or when we're in the battle or when we're anticipating, okay, you're getting us ready for spiritual war. You're getting it. We haven't even talked about putting on the armor of God and all the fun stuff, you know, uh, of doing that. Uh, we haven't even gotten to that yet. We're just setting our mental blocks in place. And one of the things you need to know about the battles before you start fighting them and that you have to remember about the battles while you're fighting, that particular battle is, remember, this battle's just for a little while. And this battle is just for right now. This battle is going to be little. It's not going to be long. And this battle is just for right now. It is not always. So what can we do with this? What sort of uses would I take and apply this to us that I think can be helpful for our congregation? First, whatever fight you're in, whatever evil has brought against you, know that the fight is only going to be for a little while. It's not going to last forever. Now with that, I want you to understand that that does not mean it will not last longer than you wish it would. Okay? It, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't mean that the battle is going to be over when you want it to be over. It doesn't even mean that the battle won't last the rest of your life. Now, why say that? Because I don't want you defining what a little while is. Because if you define what a little while is, we will find that your definition of a little while is quite little on the scale of little whiles, right? And so if you define what a little while is, you'll get into the battle and immediately be like, how long have I been in there? It's like when I fight someone in jujitsu, who's way better than me. It's like, all right, five minutes, I got this. And I go against the guy and he's choked me out three or four times. So I'm already losing memory. Uh, and I look over and it's like a five minute fight. And I look over and uh, how much time do I have left trying to hold him up? And it's like four minutes and 30 seconds. I'm like, that was just 30 seconds. You know, I mean, golly, uh, the same thing can happen in our spirit. We go, we can think, all right, I'm ready for this. It's just going to be for a little while. And if we go into those little whiles going little while, like a week, right? little while, like a month. I mean, I can, I can be faithful for a month. I mean, look at me. I'm a 40-year-old man. Got lots of holification that God has done in me. Surely, after all these years of Christendom in which I've been, I can fight any fight for a month. Bring it on. 
And if we do that and the little while starts to go a little bit longer than we intended, all of a sudden we start to doubt whether the little while is all that little. And if we start to doubt the little while, we're not just doubting the little while. Who are we doubting? We're doubting God who said it would be a little while. And if Satan can get us to doubt the little while, he can get us to doubt God. Same thing he's done since the garden. Get you to doubt, to doubt the genuineness and the genuine care of the Father. It's not, that, it's not that eating that would be bad for you. It's just God doesn't want you to be like him. Oh, really? So if he can get you to think, oh, this little while sure seems like a long while, doesn't it? Doesn't it? If that can happen, then we can become discouraged. So you don't define what a little while is. I don't want you to decide when the now has gone on long enough. We know that God says our trials are for a little while. We know that God says our trials are only for now. We've got to establish those truths in our heads right off the bat and never doubt them. We've got to believe that because if if Satan can get you discouraged, or really if Satan can't get you discouraged, if Satan can't get you discouraged, he'll get you impatient. If he can't discourage you with being in the fight, he'll start to make you impatient in the midst of it. If you're fighting well, what's he going to do? He's going to start whispering to you, it's taking a long time, isn't it? Isn't it? If he can't get you discouraged, he'll get you impatient. So make sure you trust, trust God's word. It is going to be for a little. At the end of every battle, you will not look at it and say, that was long, God. That wasn't little. You will always see God as faithful. At the end of it, the right now will always be for the now, not for the always. God will always be true. And every man and, and every unseen realm, a liar. Every one of them. You've got to believe that. You've got to believe the little and the now are always true. Let God define it, not you. The, the other thing I think would be useful for us is to understand in this, what we're seeing is the, the productivity nature of Christian faithfulness. That, that there is, this is a little by little, battle by battle war that we are fighting. To be faithful in the war as a Christian, to be faithful in the spiritual war is to be faithful in a collection of little whiles. It is to be faithful in a series of right nows. Because sometimes, sometimes we can be so overwhelmed and we get overwhelmed because what we're doing is we're viewing the war as a whole. When we would do well, rather than, than, than being overcome by the war, to see ourselves as just needing to be faithful in this battle that is a part of the war. To be faithful in this battle, in this Moment, this one battle that I'm facing right now and that will last but for a little while, this battle is going to be little. Now, sometimes we are so fixated on the battles that we might fight that we fail in the little battles we are in right now. So what can happen is we can be in a little battle right now And instead of just being faithful in that little battle, we start to think of all the other battles that might follow this battle. And yes, this battle might be short, but then that's going to lead to this battle and this battle and this battle and this battle and this battle. And we start to worry about the battles to come instead of realizing, hey, you're in a short fight right now, a short fight to be faithful to the Lord. Just right now, in this moment, this is the little and this is the now. Don't start thinking about this battle that might come and that battle that might come because if Satan can get you to do that and get your eyes off of the fight that you're in now. And we've got to realize that if you want to be faithful in that fight, the the way to be faithful in that fight that you're worried about is to be faithful in the fight you're in right now. To be faithful in the little while. To be faithful in the right now. 
Be faithful in the littles of your life. Be faithful in the nows, and you will end up living a long life of faithful always. So instead of trying to, take for example your marriage, instead of trying to fix your marriage, which which might be a battle on multiple fronts, win one particular battle that you're dealing with right now. Win the battle to control your tongue that you're fighting right now. Win that battle when it comes up. Win that battle right then. Win that fight. And then win the fight to take your thoughts captive. That's, don't think about, don't step back and try to be the general of the war. Deal with the fight you're in right now. Be faithful in this moment. Be faithful right now and the rest will come with it. Because what often happens if we step out of the right now and we start to talk about the always, we step out of the little and we start to look at the long, is we're not faithful in what we're in. And that's, gonna, that's even going to throw off how we analyze the war because you're looking at a war that has, doesn't have the consequences of you being unfaithful right now. You're looking at the war instead of looking at the battle. Look at the battle and just faithful little by little. Your kids aren't where they should be. Your kids aren't what you'd like them to be. You haven't been leading them, right? You haven't been training them and you're seeing all the repercussions of that. Your finances are a mess. You don't know how to get out of it. You've quit doing what you need to be doing, whatever it might be. You're not, you aren't dealing with the results of a failed war. The war, you're still in the war. You're still in the war. What you're dealing with is a failure in a bunch of little whiles along the way. A bunch of moments that you dealt with right then that you didn't handle right now. So begin the fight in the little whiles that you've got right now. If we don't, instead of dealing with the now right in front of us, we'll see instead another reason to lament the current state of the war. And then we'll be discouraged. We've got a fight right in front of us that we can win and be faithful in right now. What would faithfulness look like right now? Well, I can't be faithful. I mean, look at what I've done with the war. I've ruined this. I've ruined my kids. I've ruined whatever. I've ruined my marriage. Be faithful right now. What battle are you in right now? Be faithful in that. Be faithful in that battle. Be faithful in that one. And the the rest will begin to fall in place. Because again, you didn't get here because you lost the war. You got here through a series of failed little whiles. A series of right now moments that you didn't handle well. You didn't just blow the war in the first day. It was a bunch of failed battles along the way. A bunch of temporary battles that have resulted in this temporary situation. So what do you do? You start fighting the little whiles rightly. You start fighting the right now rightly. You don't just say, all right, what do I, I mean, what, what's, what can I do to sort of Nagasaki uh, my, my marriage here and just get it right back to square one? You're always looking for the, we're always looking for the atomic bomb to fix our marriage that we've messed up for 15 years of, of not, not leading right as husbands. Or to, to deal with our kids that we've got to realize, I, I failed in a bunch of little whiles along the way. What can I do to just do a hard reset? There is, you know, you can't just, you know, when you call anybody to fix anything technologically, what do they do? Have you unplugged it? Unplug it and plug it back in and it'll start working. And it's amazing how often that works. You can't do that with your kids. You can't do that with, you can't, there's not just a hard reset. But what there are is a collection of little whiles that you can be faithful in. You can plod along, be faithful for the little, little by little, moment by moment, right now after right now, and watch the Lord bring the victory through the, through the little battles of little bits of faithfulness. You don't, need to, you don't need to come out swinging like some grand champion 
right? You're dealing with the mess because you haven't been a champion along the way. But what you can do is you can win the fight you're in right now. You can be faithful to the Lord in this moment that you're in. You can be faithful for a little while and he will turn it into a forever. That's what you have to do. That's what you have to trust in. Are you praying for God to deliver you from evil? Then see the battle, each battle for what it is. It is a little battle and every little battle is a chance to sow a little victory. Now, it's just now, but now is your chance. You feel like you failed and all this. Now is your chance to win a battle, to win a battle for the Lord's glory and to win the next one and the next one and the next one, to take captive every now. And remember, the battles are temporary. Your victory is forever. So get to fighting because your God is delivering you from evil. Let's pray. Father, we come to you with the, with the promises that, that you give to us. And Father, I want to make sure that our, that our minds, our hearts are, are, are fixed, are sealed on these. Because if, if we do not hold these close, Father... If we do not build and cement these assurances in our hearts and in the midst of the battles, we will turn longs into littles and we'll turn right nows into always. But Father, may we be a people that believe you when you say, these trials are but for a little while. These trials are but for now. They are not forever. Let us remember that. And when Satan whispers to us that this is longer than we can do, that that the now has become the always, may we call him a liar. And may we believe our God. May we believe that the battles are temporary. The battles are temporary, but the victory is not. And may that give us confidence. Father, help us to see the fights that we're in right now. Not even even to worry about the fights that we have failed in in the past, not to get discouraged by the past or the future, but to deal with the now. And when the next battle comes to fight it well, a little battle that I'm dealing with right now, that I will handle for God's glory. Help us to fight well in all of those little whiles. Help us to fight well in all of those right nows, Father, because you are delivering us from evil. May that confidence that you can tell us this battle is not always because it is not out of your hand, that you can promise us that this struggle is just for right now because you are still sovereign. May that confidence that we are in the fight because we are Christ's and we will win the fight Because we are Christ's. Let that confidence help us to fight, not just the war, but to fight every battle for your glory and for our good. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.